Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody. Woke Bros, we're here. You're here, too. Welcome. I'm Michael Brooks, joined, as always, by the ever... You know what? I forgot what word I was going to use to describe you was, but it was basically silver-tongued. Ooh. I was trying to get to that. <laughs> I like it that. Won. I think this is the first time I've yeah. ever gotten that. That's good. I like that. Well, you got, we got to switch it up. And, of course, by the new... Newly, you know, as, as we uh, assemble like Voltron, we've got our third amigo, and I do mean amigo, Avila. <laughs> Yo, what up? And of course, the mega producer, Rob Lopez, he's on the ones and twos, steering the ship. The evil genius, Jade Hoyt, is behind it all. This is Count the Dings. We've got events coming up. Michael Brooks Show, Austin, April 3rd at the North Door. Special guests, Abby Martin and Anna Kasparian. Less than a third tickets left. We've been selling these out, folks. I grab them quick. And you can also, it's it's in June, but there's a link as well for TMBS Live in Boston. Get your ticket. Waz, what else do the people have to know? Yeah, man, times are ticking. About a little, a shade over three weeks left until Count the Dings invades Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House in downtown Brooklyn. 
Of course, the entire Count of Things crew, including myself, Amin Hassan, Black, Trey, Mariano Bivens, Zach Harper, Jade Hoy, Eden Le, Nissan Bluffstein, Rob Lopez, Tony Mays. The entire crew will be in the building. Of course, we got some very, very, very special guests, New York-centric guests. Uh, you don't want to miss this, man. There's not very many tickets left, so you need to get on that. Less than th- uh, About three weeks left, so this is the time when people started to start doing their rush buying. You don't want to miss this show. Count the Dings live at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Get your tickets at CountTheDings.com. See you guys on Saturday, March 28th at the Bell House. All right, beautiful. Um, okay, so, fellas, we're just going to kind of do a big one on Super uh, Thursday. Uh the election results um, uh, that, or excuse me, uh, Super Tuesday, the election results that happens. Uh, I want to just say out of the gate, I think it's important to, I'll give my kind of basic spiel here. I think it's definitely a time and probably past time to get more real. Uh, And I'll get to that in a second. But I do want to say that if you are a Sanders head and uh, Sanders supporter and someone who actually cares about the future of this planet and society. And if you do, then you're obviously supporting Bernie Sanders. Um, there was, by the way, there was a count of dings. I'm forgetting the gentleman's name, but at the event that Nando and I did in LA, yeah. uh, no Miki, this uh, gentleman came up to me and, you know, you meet a lot of people and, you know, usually in a political crowd, it's, you know, TMBS, that kind of world. And this guy said, well, yeah, I follow everything you do now because I started listening to you and Waz. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, He was like, I was a sports guy. I didn't really care about politics. So I was listening to Counted Dings and I loved Waz. I thought he was funny. So I started listening to this other thing called Woke Bros. And now now I'm like a – now I'm like – now I'm a birdie bro. And I'm like that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. How beautiful is that? Oh, my God. It made me so happy. In a dark, dark night. Work, guys. And of yeah. course, as you'd expect, as a very nice, down-to-earth, cool, well-dressed gentleman, as you would expect. So I think – but I just want to say, like, guys, we're, we are still in it. Like, the numbers that are starting to come out today in terms of national polling, you know, down but not out is definitely yeah. the term. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of us, you know, we'll get to the – the kind of, you know, the, the, the analysis and the setback, but this is not a time to stop. I mean, this is pedal to the metal grinded on all gears. It's absolutely still winnable. I mean, in terms of vote totals and delegate counts is totally neck and neck. And if you didn't have, you know, every bias in the world against one candidate, because there's one candidate that actually represents working people's interest, we would see this as like, Oh man, that's a fucking close one. Um, so I just want to put that out there. All right. I think what happened on Tuesday are a, a couple of different things. So one, and I think Nanza will elaborate on this more. Look, the whole establishment, for lack of a better word, came to bear to destroy this candidate and destroy what, you know, what he represents most importantly, which is basic decency in life in America. And I know Nanda wants to hit on that more and, but that's really important. You can't, 
you always have to analyze the successes and failures of Sanders in the context of everything being stacked against him in a way that is absolutely not true of any other candidate, period, full stop. That's it. Second, as far as like what people like us are in control of, right? It was a disaster to not clearly differentiate with Elizabeth Warren out of the gate to indulge a campaign narrative that they were the same thing and all of this nonsense and let a very, very, very destructive wrecking force, you know, which obviously what her campaign is from the perspective of wanting to actually move forward an agenda. This is the campaign that wasn't going to win, that does not have national appeal, but has a base in media and academia. And, you know, a lot of folks who think because of their self-perceived intelligence that they're entitled and it hurt Bernie. I mean, you know, it it did. And not just in terms of raw margins, it hurt in terms of kind of overall momentum and narrative. Uh, you know, there could have been several months in the spring and summer that if the Bernie campaign was more clear and a lot of po- folks who, you know, in our part of the ecosystem where at the end of the day, I think like now, unfortunately, we are getting to a phase where we don't matter. Like we don't, we are still definitely not remotely as powerful as cable, right? And our importance comes in the beginning when few people are paying attention, they're information junkies, they're reaching for new sources, and we're setting an agenda. That's why in this, if I was on Meet the Press every day, I would be 80 to 20 Biden over, you know, critiquing Warren, although you got to critique both of them. But in our space, where nobody's going to vote for Joe Biden and nobody's going to think about that. It's the same reason we got to be clear about the problems with Andrew Yang or Tulsi Gabbard. Like this is a candidate who could steal from the momentum and we got to be clear about what their problems are. Uh, and, and that should have been done way earlier. Third, this is where I'll go at the Sanders campaign. I feel mixed about this because, I mean, one, this is where it's, you know, there's people that I'm friendly with. I have one very good friend who works there. Um, and I do have this other feeling that they are fighting against literally everything and have won multiple states and assembled an army and raised an amazing amount of money. And they're doing a lot right with all the odds stacked against them. So props, props. But it just as in fact, they wouldn't, they, they indulged this silly unity thing with Warren. There's been other things where they, 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 to me, they go in between not being nearly aggressive enough, like letting themselves just get constantly disrespected by other candidates or, you know, other times just kind of like believing some of their own bullshit about, you know, this isn't like any other campaign and all this stuff. And the truth is, is like, it's different. It's better. It's way more important, but it's also a fucking campaign. So I don't think like Jim Clyburn was not going to endorse Bernie. He's got, you know, he's right wing Democrat. Okay. But I got to tell you, like to hear that Bernie's campaign didn't even try is infuriating to me. Yeah, that they didn't think to, and and that, by the way, also skips so much of these conversations that also annoy the fuck out of me. Bernie did a lot right in 2016. 
Not all of it needed to be jettisoned. And part of their extreme overcorrection is the reason that he's actually losing some older rural and white voters, which he needs too. So of course he needed to expand. But what I think is interesting, and I want to know what the difference is, is that I feel like the expansion and the incredible performance with Hispanic voters is about organizing and and it's like very in the trenches. I feel like in other areas, there's still this notion that like, you know, I don't know, like, and, and this comes from outside of the campaign, but it's like, the campaign is doing the work on the organizing front across the board. And it's just a question of whether or not they, you know, it succeeds or not, but they are putting in the work. But as far as like messaging goes and looking for political endorsements, like my point is like, you know, Skip some of like the woke talk before Bernie gets up there that nobody knows what you're talking about and sit down with James Clyburn over the course of the year and convince him that you're FDR and this is the future. And you know what? Maybe it, it almost certainly it doesn't work, but that's one you have to do. You're running in a Democratic primary going to South Carolina. You have to do that. So and I think it's also showing up in the numbers because. Bernie's running the table with like the future of the electorate in some ways, but more and more people aren't turning out. And a lot of the people that came out in Super Tuesday or whatever are basically people, they are like the suburban, I just want things to go back to normal vote, which leads me to the last thing I'll say, which is that they needed to weave in much earlier that yes, no doubt, of course, we're the candidate of like actual change. And if you're really fundamentally uncomfortable with that, then of course you're not going to vote for us, right? That's true. But on the other hand, that the changes that we're going to implement are going to actually be the only thing that protects the normalcy you want so much, ultimately, because people are not going to be so fucking immiserated. And third, um, the electability, they did it. They did the Bernie beats Trump, but that needed to be built into everything. And that's also another reason that they needed to kneecap Elizabeth Warren really early, because having that campaign out there undermined that message, because it was kind of like, I think for people who are not as attuned, there's kind of like, oh, well, I mean, I'm already scared about him winning anyways. And here's this other person who, you know, if they're not digging into it, the general kind of spin is that they're the same. And well, but she must see a problem if she feels the need to run. Um, so anyways, those are my thoughts out of the gate, guys. What I think it's it's been a remarkable week in that I think we've seen one of the most dramatic and clarifying moments in the modern history of American politics. The the events that happened between Biden's victory in South Carolina and then his victories in Super on Super Tuesday are probably without precedent in modern American politics. I mean what we saw was the raw, unbridled power of the establishment power structures and how they can flex it if they really need to. Right. We've seen that how it was able to revive an absolutely dead campaign by every single conventional measure. Right. Biden fell on his face in Iowa, New Hampshire and Nevada. That usually means death 
for a campaign. He had no more money left, despite the fact that he, you know, he's, he's had big donors for since the beginning of the campaign, he had run out of money. He was not campaigning in California. He was not competing in California. He had not campaign campaigned in several of the super Tuesday States yet in a 48 hour span, when we saw Barack Obama make a few phone calls and get Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg to drop out and endorse Biden immediately, um, which caused a massive upsurge in earned media. I mean, there was a study that just came out that calculates it at about uh, $100 million of earned media on the eve of Super Tuesday, which is when a lot of people make up their mind, just like just right before they go vote, they kind of make up their mind. A lot of people don't follow politics very closely. And we saw Biden's numbers shoot up overnight in a way that I had never seen before in my life. Um, and he won in states like Massachusetts where he wasn't competing in, and he wasn't even polling in third in Massachusetts, or he was polling in third in Massachusetts just before, um, the election. Uh, I think it was, it, it was dramatic in that sense. And there's a lot of lessons to be drawn, I think from that. And that is like what you said at the end of the day, these cable news narratives are what drive politics in this country. For a, in a huge way. I mean, we hate them all. They're all awful people. The shows are super boring. I can't understand why anyone watches them. They're mind numbing and they make you go insane, but they really do set the narrative in, in very powerful ways. So I think there's lessons to that going forward. Um, I think I agree with your assessment, Mike, on, on Warren, which is that, you know, it's, it, her lack of understanding of how politics works, which we know has been her biggest liability forever, right? She she was naive in 2016. She thought she could hold out to, you know, influence Hillary in some vague way, even though Hillary would have absolutely cut her out as soon as she could. Um, her, na- her naive uh, DNA test <laughs> when Trump attacked her for being a Cherokee or saying she was a Cherokee Indian her whole life. Um, her naive understanding of how of the nature of of her supporters and all that stuff, like it, it just played out uh, once again, like this idea that she could, you know, have a good debate and all of a sudden turn around her campaign it was just delusional. And in the face of the onslaught of the establishment, in the face of that just massive, I, I mean, I can't, I still can't like stress it enough, like just complete throwing down, um, you know, the hammer. Um, the fact that she was like, well, you know, I'm just going to stick it out and see what happens. Cause you know, we should let the voters vote and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that was a disastrous decision. Um, and, which, a, and a super selfish and narcissistic oh, one. Absolutely. I mean, if, you're, if you're considering the notion that, you know, you actually, like, I'll just say real quick, what's funny is that you know, and and I get it. Like whatever, people that are super touchy about all this Warren stuff, they can be pissed off. Whatever, that's fine. You know, go breathe and deal with it yourself. Uh, it is what it is. But I, in a way, like my interpretation of her that she's just a careerist at the end of the day, and it's about her own aggrandizement, which is what it is for most politicians. That's not really that dramatic. That that's actually more respectful of her intelligence and capacity than people who 
would actually think she genuinely cares about this stuff, even as she just like torches it in action, you know, like. And, and I think that that's reflected in the way her a lot of her supporters are talking about it right now. It's like, let her be, you know, she needs space, all this stuff. And it's like, what are you, you guys talking about? This is a political leader. This is not like your friend, you know, like this is as, forget your issues. Your friend. How about like it isn't your friend that's going through a breakup? I mean, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> right. man. So, it's, OK, it's, so this is so, the thing. So, I, I'm of a different mind here. Maybe it's because I kind of like Warren. I don't think that this is much, this much has to do with Warren. I think, and the reason why I feel that way, specifically because it's Joe Biden, who has just been a disaster, right? Which makes me believe that, like, whoever with some type of name um, recognition that the party would have coalesced behind this would have been the result because it just like Biden has literally offered nobody anything. He's offered nobody zip. So to me, it's less about Warren than it is about the primary electorate, you know, just in general. Like, I think a lot of times because, you know, we all the three of us on this call all live our lives out on the Internet. We don't freaking watch cable right like we're not that audience we're not those people um it can because like for instance i've never like uh, on my twitter timeline i've never seen like a non um political operative who was pro biden like i've like i've literally never seen it on the internet like i've never seen somebody on my instagram at a biden rally like i've never seen it you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of that can seep into our thinking about what the actual, how, quote unquote, progressive the actual coalition is. I think we often lose sight of that because we're not talking to these people all the time. And, you know, the bottom line is when it comes to the issues, like you can't say Bernie hasn't differentiated himself from Joe Biden, the guy who beat him up on Tuesday, like he has done an effective job of saying, this is what I stand for. And Biden has literally said, I don't stand for shit. I'm basically, you know, I'm going to be a placeholder until the next person comes along so that we don't let Trump, you know, take this, take this further than it is. And it just makes me understand that like the actual party coalition straight up is not that progressive. And, you know, I but let me, but was, let me, I got to, as they say on cable, I got to push back because. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, because first of all, I was definitely like, I didn't go to the map for it, but I was definitely somebody who, I was like one of the only people in this kind of media that would always say, I actually think Joe Biden is a lot stronger than we think. Yes, I, absolutely. 100%. And I don't think that that's because, because again, I take all of it with a grain of salt, but even in the states that Biden won, you're seeing polls of people coming out being like over 60 percent of them support single payer health care. And, you know, he won Texas, but most tech a majority of Texas Democrats preferred the word socialism. I think what it really, really, really starts to come down to is a sense of. One is is totally that people are – I 100 percent agree with you. People are all over the map and they totally underestimated and I was trying to tell people not to how much they just like Joe and have a sense of him being able to beat um, – to, to, to win the election. But my point with Warren is and where it still stands, I mean first of all, 
even if she's stealing four points from Bernie, that's the margin. And that's what she, that's what he lost by in a bunch of states. Yeah, that's the margin. So that's, that's Texas. That's Texas. And number two, what we needed. I, I feel like I'm I'm so like just annoyed because I feel like. And it is like me feeling like I'm proven right in some ways, but I'm not happy to be right. Like I I feel like if if we were all sitting down, we're like, all right, we got to fucking game this out. We want Bernie because he's the best candidate for like the actual shit you were talking about. And also actually legit. None of them are perfect, but really does seem to be the best bet to actually put up against Trump. OK, Warren, sorry, we can't do this. You were going to do 2016. We can't do you running around with like no real popular support, but undermining Bernie's narrative and momentum at, at, for several months and distracting us from getting real about a two person race. Cause that to me is like, what's kind of wild. Like the Bernie campaign, they fucked up in not seeing how fast it could turn and how, yeah. you know, how reactionary Obama is and all of that. Like they, 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 fucked up. They were going to Tuesday banking on the same split situation. Dumb as hell. They didn't have a contingency plan. But on the other hand, from the beginning, and again, you know, and wasn't just me. I feel like a lot of people before it started getting all over the place, it was like, oh yeah, this is Biden Bernie. So what's the play? And then what happens is that we have people not coalescing around Bernie for months. The media is already going to try to tear him apart anyways. And part of the reason that Biden could be revived is that he wasn't like he super underperformed and we all dismissed him. But the truth was going into <laughs> these other states, he still had a lot of residual affection and the money can always come and the cable is going to be biased for him. And I just feel like everything that was a chink against Bernie was just distracting us from the task at hand, you know? You know, not to get all, I'm going to get all Chris Matthews here for a second. Okay. This reminds me of the Spanish civil war. Okay. <laughs> you know, like in the Spanish civil war, the, the fascists, uh, coalesced very quickly. You know, they had uh, an alliance with Mussolini and Hitler and Franco, and they worked together and they supply, they, they provided supplies and munitions and, and men and all that stuff to, for the war effort. Whereas the, um, the Republicans, were riddled with infighting throughout. I mean, it was the Stalinists versus the liberals versus the Marxist Leninists versus the anarchists. And they were fighting each other more, um, more vehemently than they were fighting the nationalists. And, and that's like, that's totally what happened. Um, in, over the weekend, right before super Tuesday It's like, you know, they threw down the gauntlet and Warren did not play ball equivalently. Like she, she, she should have saw what was going on. Like, I mean, it was very obvious what was going on. Sit down and process him. Yeah. But at the same time though, like I think it's easier to blame Warren than it is to blame actual voters for their choices. That's like, that's my thing. Like, well, we can't blame voters. We got to blame people who are in the game. Like the voter, like that's useless. Like what is blaming voters? ever? I'm not saying whether it's useless or useful. I'm just saying it's just the facts remain. They chose who they chose. Right. Like they made a choice. Like there's some agency here involved in delivering such a huge win for Joe Biden. And we can't act like these people completely didn't know what they were doing. 
is what I'm saying. They're not unwitting here, is my point, Mike. A four point, a four point margin. If she was out, he would have won. Like, uh, uh, and, and that's fine, Mike. That's fine. So that's, but it's Joe so Biden. Are we, we going to be that? All right. So now are we, because this, because this is what also gets me really annoyed the last couple of days. In, in 2016, even though, in in terms of like actual like no one's more disgusting than like Hillary Clinton is disgusting. I'm sorry, Haiti, Rock, Wall Street. Like personally, has harmed my family the way I grew up with welfare reform. Okay, just to be really blunt, a bad person. I told who would not do anything good for the country. I told people in the context of having a media platform, a very small one, but whatever. Couple people listening. Please vote for Hillary Clinton because Donald Trump should not be president. Yeah. And I excoriated people who said Jill Stein is what I feel. It's my morals, and we all said, you know what, fuck that. And what's crazy to me is that Warren people all, oh, I don't know. That's how I'm expressing myself, and it's so unfair. Well, okay. <laughs> you're harming, you're doing even worse harm in the context of this primary because Jill Stein was at the end of the day irrelevant. You actually did cost states and and now I see it it's like okay that's interesting because my my point was really whether I agreed with you or disagreed with you I don't think you should be voting out of how it makes you feel personally. And now I see a ton of people who are happy to shit all over Green Party and Tulsi Gabbard and all these people all day, who I have plenty of disagreements with. They're all on the record. But I apply the same logic to Warren and all this narcissistic bullshit driving them staying into the race and all of the entitlement and all of the I'm going to vote how I feel, fuck the policy, fuck people's lives. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, you have to be sensitive and nice. This is really hard for them. Well, OK, so which is it? Because maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I should have been holding Jill Stein voters' hands. Maybe I should have never criticized anybody for voting any way they want. Maybe, look, if it really is just how you feel, then it's how you feel. And but that's Stein, the, the that's Tulsi, no that's that is what it is. Then I'm not going to just give somebody a pass because they have I'm, more. I'm not saying I'm not saying Elizabeth Warren needs a pass or needs a pat on the back or needs any of that. Part of it for me is like if old people aren't voting for Bernie, maybe it's because they already got Medicare. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's of part of it. Like of honestly, course. like I really feel but it's that under way. Under threat. That's of the thing. course. And but, and but guess what, Nando? That was never. I don't, that's another thing that hasn't been said enough too. Except for um, Mehdi Hassan has mentioned it. Bernie hasn't attacked Biden on the real shit. The fact that he was willing to serve Social Security and Medicare on a platter. Yeah, so if I was he, thinking about that. He he never did that. I mean, these are things like he should have been started the fear mongering about Social Security. He should have been doing that to, to Joe Biden. But I just think like, look, when it comes to, you know, the older black voters who didn't go for Bernie the first time, a lot a lot of the time is it's not like, oh, these people don't know what they're doing. They don't they feel like they don't know Bernie. They feel like I'm going to go with what I know. I feel like I can trust this person, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton. They've been around forever. That's literally the beginning and the end of it, right? And Clyburn being able to deliver, actually being able to deliver votes, like that shit matters. Like to me, like that's a lot bigger than what whatever fucking role 
Elizabeth Warren played, and yes, siphoning off support from Bernie. She siphoned off multiple. Like I, it's what's wild is I agree with every single thing you're saying to the T until we don't like we're holding everybody accountable. We hold everybody accountable, and Elizabeth Warren and that coalition. Look, the last thing I'll say before I throw to Juan Anando is: Look, I think her coalition is a mix. They're absolutely a contingent of people. They don't give a fuck about policy. They hate Bernie Sanders. They're probably honestly borderline anti-Semitic. They just feel Elizabeth Warren is a character from a legal drama that they like, and that's how they're going to vote. Okay, that's fine. Those people are toxic and stupid and crazy, and hopefully they'll vote the right way in the general. I don't know, right? But there is definitely a contingent of people who – it's a three, four percentage point difference. They fucked it up. If we're talking about trying to do stuff, and my so point you, is, so you're I, comparing them to Green Party people. That's hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Worse. Okay. Worse. Well, Green so Party. Didn't, Green Party didn't look. They didn't actually I, lose the election. Yeah. Jim, Jill Stein did not lose a single state for Hillary Clinton. There is not a single margin. There was more people who left ballots blank in Wisconsin than the margin that Hillary Clinton lost by because of how shitty a candidate she was. So if we're going to run around and say that people need to be accountable and voting and voting isn't emotional and it's about policy, then fuck y'all. Well, to point to to Waz's point about. Bernie training his sights on Joe Biden on the three big things, which is him cutting Social Security, him um, voting for the Iraq war and and his like wobbly support of Medicare. OK, right. Those are the big three. And Bernie was Bernie. The Bernie campaign was very clearly training their sights on those things in the run up to Iowa. But uh-huh. what happened in run up to Iowa, this uh-huh. nowhere attack from Liz Warren saying that Bernie was this closet sexist who told her that a woman can't. <laughs> be president. And that completely derailed that whole strategy in the run up to Iowa. They still managed to get in a few punches on that, but that was what it completely derailed was the Liz Warren punching Bernie from the left, you know, not like, not like a right wing kind of regular attack. This was just a, that was a pure thing to harm him with his base. And it forced him to cover his left flank um, instead of attacking Joe Biden to his do you, right. And do you remember, I remember a whole bunch of people being like, you're going to like what Warren's in when she attacks Joe Biden. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on her doing that. And I think we need to, I think we need to yeah. spin it forward for the Bernie people who are listening here. But my thing is this, look, Mike, if we're going to say Hillary Clinton ran a disastrous campaign because she lost, right? <laughs> like, this th- this what it comes down to. Like, Bernie lost. So we got to put it on Bernie, just like we put it on well, wait, Hillary hold on, Clinton. Hold on. First of all, no, he didn't exactly lose. And, okay, look. He fine. lost on Tuesday is what I'm saying. On no, Tuesday. And that's what we're talking about. California. They got a split delegate count. Let's not oversell it. Okay, I mean, cool. I'm just saying. But, but I'm just, but was. Okay, so then are we, all right, so if that's the new principle. We, we got to concentrate it's, on what right, Bernie so needs to do better. I, I apologize to all Jill Stein voters. I'm sure you will too, Was. I'm I, well, I, I don't know any, so I, I don't know. We apologize? No, I never because really. if, if nobody's accountable now, especially people who have platforms and run their mouths about politics all day, then nobody's accountable. Okay, Bernie campaign made plenty of mistakes. It's all their fault. 
no accountability for a toxic record campaign, then I'm sure we can apologize to Jill Stein and Green Party voters. I apologize. I shouldn't criticize you. Everybody in the future, by the way, including in the general election, you should vote how you feel. And if it doesn't work, it's on the campaign. Vote what you feel. That's the new thing moving okay. forward. So I mean, going forward, Elizabeth Warren standard. Going forward, when it's all said and done, here's my thing. So the, there's been there's been polling that has come out after Super Tuesday. It came out today. The net, there was a national poll that had Biden at 55 percent, Bernie at 45 percent. So that it means that Bernie is actually is actually going up in the poll, like he's expanding his quote unquote base now that the field is winnowing, right? Um, so, he, but he's 10 points back. And there was a poll that came out of Missouri which showed Biden at 48 at Bernie at 44. So it's close. So taking that, that it's still pretty close. I mean, it's still like neck and neck and the delegate count is still neck and neck and the polls are still neck and neck. What can we take from the lesson of super Tuesday? And that is that these sort of short bursts of media narrative actually have a huge effect, which I do, which is why I think like going forward, you know, for all we said about Elizabeth Warren, if she were to endorse, it would have, an effect because what would it do? It would create this narrative of like, Oh, the comeback punch, the counter punch. Now the progressives are getting in line or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like the media would eat that shit up. Right. It's just, it writes itself. It's so obvious. And that's how, that's the kind of narrative that they like the sort of obvious ones that write themselves. And so then that could provide a counterweight to what happened in in super Tuesday. And then, um, I think that that kind of evens the scales sort of, uh, quote unquote, and allows the superior Bernie campaign. Cause let's, let's not fucking, lose sight of this. Like Biden is an awful dog shit campaigner. I mean, every time he has to actually campaign, he falls on his face. You know, this, this, this win on super Tuesday was a, it was like a, it was like a shot of B12, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't actually have the fundamentals underneath it. It was like this kind of short term little burst. Um, but when he actually does have to campaign and voters actually do have to grapple with him and see his fucking crazy mug on TV talking about God knows what. And when they're confronted about their, his record, his polling drops every single time. And the, the complete opposite of that happens with Bernie. The more they get to see him, the more they like him. So that's why I do think like, I do think that a Warren endorsement would have a very powerful effect in the short term in this campaign at the moment. Myself in journal. <laughs> what do you think was? I, I mean, I don't see how. Look, if for her to do a non-endorsement at this point, I think that would that would be cowardice, in my opinion. For for one simple reason, she she made overtures at the establishment and they shunned her. So why would she not want to shiv them back? But for the fact that Mike said that she's proven herself to be a careerist, right? Like, does she want to become somebody who's in poor favor with the establishment? Like, again, somebody like Bernie could kind of do what he wants. He could write his own check. He's built his his own support. He's got a like actual movement. He's got issues that he cares about. Like, he kind of doesn't need the establishment if he loses this race. Like, he's going to go on and be Bernie Sanders no matter what. I don't think Warren is in that position. But honestly, like, she got into politics because of Joe Biden and the fucking bankruptcy bill. Right. Like the whole like her whole freaking brand is anti Joe, the type of Democrat that Joe Biden is. Um, So I think it would be strange 
and weird for her not to endorse what Bernie's trying to do. Because again, like we said, she piggybacked off of a lot of the stuff Bernie was trying to do. Um, and if she co- wants to call herself, you know, some type of champion of progressivism, yes, she should absolutely be endorsing what Bernie does. Like, like it, it makes no sense not to, right? Like, you can get your panties in a bunch, and that's probably the wrong um, metaphor there. But you know what I mean? Like, you can get upset. You can get upset if you want. Um, but if you care about the outcome of this thing, um, obviously the, the obvious choice is that she should endorse Bernie. Like, I don't think there's any scenario under which she endorses Biden. Um, yeah, I disagree with that. Uh, was, I don't think so. Was, I, don't I don't think, think you've so. been paying attention close enough lately. I think it's I think it's 50-50. Yeah. I don't I, think I, or 30-30, like whatever. The I don't think 33%, you can Biden. Like, like, I mean. I know you can't. But you're like, not Elizabeth Warren. Just, you have integrity. Just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, like, I feel like, no, this is what I can't. This is like legit what I can't understand from like, like there is nobody in the world like you see shit so clearly across the board. And I feel like with Warren, like this is the and this is actually this is like maybe this is her real. It's not for enough people, but like it's an incredible skill set. Because it's like there's brilliant people who see shit so clearly and they just get lucid in the football by her constantly. Like I'm just I just don't I don't see the I don't see the direct line between Klobuchar, Mayor Pete, Beto and Warren. You think those four things are exactly the same? I don't, no, I don't see that. I'm I don't sorry. Exactly the same. Okay, then. That's my point. Know, wait, but that doesn't mean. But that doesn't mean shit. Like she's. But I do see the similarity. Barry hasn't come out and endorsed this dude. Well, Barry, he, he just. The he just. Who, he's the one who all orchestrated all of this. Happened. Yeah. I mean, we all know that. That's been reported extensively. But I have no doubt that you know is Warren. The same as Pete. No, is she closer to Pete than she is to Bernie? A hundred percent. And I think that if you look like the way I look at her, yeah, I just fundamentally disagree with that. Well, why? Like, okay. I, I like, just again, like let's well, okay, but hold up for a second. Like, I let's just because because to me this actually matters beyond her because the left needs to get a hell of a lot more street smart and savvy. Let's look at her career. She didn't wasn't involved in politics in any kind of real sense until her 50s. Her academic career, she was known as a right-wing Republican who supported the Reagan Revolution, who represented corporations as an attorney. In her 50s, she became a Democrat in the 90s, a Clinton conservative Democrat. Then in the late 90s and aughts, she started doing academic research on bankruptcies bankruptcies, where she herself said that when she went into bankruptcy law, she thought that what she would find was that most people who went bankrupt were just irresponsible, but she found that they were getting screwed by their credit card companies. Bernie Sanders would know people were getting screwed by their credit card companies, right? He wouldn't have to research it because he has ideology, history. So then she becomes a consumer rights advocate on this very specific set of issues and props. Good work. No one denies it. Not structural work, not like big picture reform work, but very good, solid consumer protection stuff. Where does this intersect with Mayor Pete is what I'm asking you. What I'm saying is where it intersects with Mayor Pete is that 
Okay, they both like just the campaigns they ran. Where's the intersection there? I don't care about the campaigns they ran, but Mike Bloomberg, we got to look at people in their totality. Mike Bloomberg ran an intersectional campaign, if you want to do that. Like, if we're, we're just judging what they said over the course of a year. But I'm saying if you look at the totality of Elizabeth Warren's career, she's an Ivy League careerist who every single time she had an opportunity in 2016, she could have taken a risk and challenged Hillary Clinton. She didn't. In 2020, she would have sit back and supported Bernie because he was the one in that position. She didn't. And she didn't endorse Bernie. And if you look at her overall voting record, she voted for every single military budget increase. She she said she wouldn't go to APAC last week, but sent staffers instead. She <laughs> supported sanctions on Iran. She doesn't support universal health care. She doesn't support rent control. She doesn't support getting rid of all student debt. She is a slightly more liberal version of Pete. Yes, definitely. Well, the, the, I guess the, the real thing is like if we're looking at the – even if we're looking at the narrowness of the campaign, I mean it's certainly at the end, um, certainly since around January, the campaign she ran outside of one big swing at Bloomberg in the debate, it was a campaign to kneecap Bernie Sanders. I mean she did not – she did not talk about anyone else. Um, you know, and, and certainly not in a way that transcended okay, but and got isn't actual that media what Mike attention. said Bernie should have been doing to her? Well, yes, because so, she was to the right of him. Okay, well, yeah, then. So then what are we saying? If we're saying that's what Bernie should have been doing, then why is it so bad she did it? If Bernie said, Elizabeth Warren wants to raise people taxes, like, then I would not support that line of attack okay it's not just that she attacked Bernie. she lied she dude was she spent the last week of this campaign four months or or six months ago in a debate and i was already i was over the warren bullshit but she had a great line she's like don't ask us about health. this is before she you know changed her position again on on health care and she said it's wrong to talk about taxes in single payer because your overall costs go down, so that's a stupid question. She spent the last week of this campaign saying Bernie Sanders wants to raise your taxes for the same plan. She's totally dishonest. And funnily enough, I did not think Bernie should be dishonest. I thought he should have just said, like, I respect her, I like her, but there are big differences here, like X, Y, Z, and the third. And if she did that, that would have been fine. But the problem was, was there aren't, because she isn't Bernie Sanders. She was doing, like, single white female roommate shit in the beginning to try to like pretend she was the same thing. And a lot of people played along with it and it was that, stupid. I think that's the key. When you see things like the working families party and actual kind of like progressive activists like Katie Barkin and whatever, you know, like it's like, it's that those are the lessons that could be drawn that, you know, you have to look at, a, at, a, at this campaign and see the, she was not actually committed to any of those things that they claimed that she was committed to. You know, she was willing to throw it all under the bus in week in a week's time. I mean, she even reversed her position on freaking millionaire super PACs, which was crazy to me. Yeah, you know, I, like I, I you know what I mean. Money, like, I think the money would have got behind her if they actually felt that way. That's they that's so. that she like, got a lot of money from super PACs. She got she got her super PAC got millions of dollars in the last week and it was run by a former military lobbyist, a military industrial complex person. She did get a ton of money. She did. I mean, I don't, again, like, I understand that, like, Mike Bloomberg 
who, by the way, succeeded in fucking up Bernie, was not like yeah, he did. If he was look. If Mike Bloomberg's sitting down and like, yes, yeah, someone like Mike Bloomberg is also upset by Warren and not just Sanders, sure. But in the grand scheme of things, they know she got. There's a reason she Dude, flipped on super PACs because she got a ton of money from Mayor the super- Pete. Wouldn't even bring up a financial institution. He wouldn't even say that word in anything that, that he was that's doing. That's not true. Did you look at the first six months of his campaign when he was calling for single-payer health care, when he said we should change the Supreme Court, when he said that we we should do what's right, even if they call us socialists. He played the same game, dude. Warren's not a real political figure. And the problem, look, she can do what she wants. I respect the hustle. But the amount of people <laughs> that bought into this bullshit is a problem for the left. Yeah, I guess, man. I, I, I like. I don't know how you can see... I don't know how you can see Mayor Pete's... And again, straight up and down, like a guy... like, And I bring up Mayor Pete because... He's the basically the the Joe Biden with a fresh face of just like I'm not putting anything on the actual table here. I don't think you can say the same thing about Warren. Like that's my point. Like the the whole his whole thing was like, hold on, let's keep everything in the house nailed down. That's it. That's not what she did. That, and I think if she did do that, she would have got a lot more love from the freaking money. I really do. She did get love from the money. The reason she didn't get love as much love from the money is because she was also a failure. Like Bur- Joe Biden wasn't getting contributions from the money when he was losing. She always lost. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I, I guess, I, I I mean, guess the other thing that I also <laughs> just don't understand is like why. Joe Biden was a loser until he won, though, right, Mike? <laughs> like, this, well, no, like, I'm saying, what, like this I'm shit saying, is so like, this shit is so amorphous. Like the like constant excuse making. I, it's I don't not even it. excuse making. I just th- I don't think we do ourselves any favors by being like, all right, we need to lash out at everybody who's who's not Bernie because it's it's Warren's fault he lost. Like I don't like I just don't. And also, I don't buy the idea that. All of this is about lanes and about this and that, like, people didn't have Pete number one and Bernie number two. Like, I don't buy that. Like, just this idea that her, because she was most most closely aligned with Bernie ideology, idea, however the fuck you say what I was trying to say, <laughs> um, that she's the one who siphoned all his votes off. Like, I just... I don't know. Let's see. Like again, again. Look, look. This is what I'm saying, Mike. When people, when people did the whole thing, we sat on this show. When people did the whole thing about, oh, it was Russia, oh, it was Comey, oh, it was this that fucked Hillary over. People like you and I was like, well, she should have did this. She should have did that. She should have did this, and felt that it was rather silly to pretend that those ancillary things are what cost somebody something. That's all I'm saying about Warren. Well, to me, she is Comey. I, she is I, Russia. I, she is I all of that when I it comes to Bernie's campaign. I agree. However, if Bernie kneecaps her out of the gate, which is what he should have done, and yes, ultimately, I that's my biggest criticism. But the problem is, is that so many people in our part immediately, like, they came out of the gate with this crazy passive aggressive strategy. Like we're going to run against Bernie. And the whole point is, is that I'm better than Bernie and he's old and all this stuff. I'm not going to say any of it in the beginning when it looks like I don't have to. And then in exchange, Bernie can't criticize me. And even if you're like, even if you're voting for Bernie, you have to say nice things about me. It was a fucking crazy situation. There were conversations around that campaign 
of that filtered to people like me of like, can people that do what you do, like, you know, can maybe we start opening a conversation here? Cause it's so locked up. So look, ultimately it's their responsibility, but we didn't help them. And it's our responsibility by letting them and her skate on all this endless bullshit. And that, and it's funny cause I'm not even my prime, like, yeah, I think when she goes out and lies about Bernie, I think it's gross. And I'm not really charmed by her like, ah, shuck shtick, but that's fine. She's a politician. Like, I don't hate, you know, I don't really hate any of them personally. Like they're all just trying to get ahead. That's fine. But we can't be naive and silly enough to not recognize when somebody's doing that. That's my point. Let me ask you something. Let me just, so we could just end on this about this, this, um, Klobuchar, Pete, <laughs> Beto, Warren thing. Let's just say in some alternate universe, Mayor Pete won the nomination. In the other alternate universe, Elizabeth Warren did. Who could you, with a straight face, go on the Michael Brooks show and be more enthusiastic about being like, all right, we got to rally around this shit? I wouldn't be rallying around either of them, to I'm be just asking you. So you're telling me it would just be the equal amount of enthusiasm? Because, like, that was what fur, that that's what, what made me. Waz, you want my honest answer, especially as somebody who you know cares a lot about foreign policy and really thinks yes. about that seriously? I would absolutely say if she pushes some of the things she says she's going to push, I don't think they're, I don't think she has a strategy for it. Obviously, she has a bit of a more domestic, slightly more progressive domestic agenda, and that's nice. Uh, her foreign policy will be indistinguishable from Pete or Biden's, and you know we got to we got to figure out what we're going to do here. And and you know, look, the same principle applies. Of course, if you're in a swing state, vote. But would I be like excited personally, or think there was much of a difference between those two? No, no. Yeah, I see. So the so like Tuesday night when I went to bed. Um, and we can end on this. Like, I just thought about the idea that, like, I have to, in good conscience and good faith, um, support a Joe Biden candidacy for president. Like, it wasn't even that Bernie lost. It was like that Bernie might lose the nomination. It was like, really, I got to get behind Joe Biden. I mean, I'm sorry. It made me feel terrible. Way more but, terrible yeah, than... All right. All right. Nando needs to step in, but that's another reason you should hate Warren because it was always Biden or Bernie. Always. And that's why you should have been with the strategy of getting the competition out of the way. But anyways, Nando. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just got to say, like, it's close. Um it's trending, you know, it's look, I'll just say like when Bernie had his heart attack, everyone wrote him off. It was like, he was out. And then it very quickly turned around. Um, that's when he sort of got like his supporters rallied the AOC and Omar and, and Talib endorsements gave him like a little shot of adrenaline and he rallied and came back, you know, like now it seems like he's down, but he's not out. And you cannot discount another similar type of rally going on. Absolutely. And it's very important right now that you be as rude to Warren supporters as possible. You need to tweet a lot of snake emojis. And I'm just kidding. I guess um, next week is Michigan. And I think that totally down but not out. But they really, really got to normie shit up for Michigan. 
<laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> not ignore me it up. Yeah, Hopefully this, Michigan this- comes through again. They came through in 2016 with a stunning upset. Yeah. One of the most stunning political upsets Let's I can hope remember. For it. Yeah. All right. And uh, gentlemen, as always, it's a huge pleasure. Guys. And people like are gonna it. love this because they like when we fight. So you're they welcome, do. audience. Like, <laughs> we don't fight that much because we pretty much we always agree, but sometimes it sometimes when when Wise is a Warren cuck, I got to <laughs> What's wrong with Elizabeth Warren lying all the time? <laughs> I just I just thought about Elizabeth Warren cucking me and just, oh, Lord. That's a movie. That would sell, actually. <laughs> Yo. We, we gotta go, Mike. We gotta go. <laughs> Take care.